Hi guys, it's Cherry, and this is Diology Deep Dive. Welcome back to another episode, and today I'm going to share with you guys the five top elements in case building. This is extremely relevant for first speakers, so you guys please listen up. As some of you guys might know from previous episodes, being first speaker has definitely not been my strong suit. However, like any other debater, there has been times where I had to step up and be the first speaker or the leader in case setting during tournaments. And luckily, these five top elements helped me with case building and just being more comfortable in my role as first speaker. So today, I'm going to share with you guys my top five secrets about how I inherited the role of being first speaker and how I'm comfortable with it now. So let's get right into it. First, on contextualization and clarification. This is something that is often overlooked and heavily underestimated within the discussion of case building. So I really want to stress the emphasis on why contextualization and setting clarifications at the beginning of your speech is so important. But first, what is contextualization? Contextualization is when you help the judge understand what is happening within the status quo and also give judges more clarity about the boundaries of this debate. For example, you might be characterizing the types of people the motion is targeting or where this debate usually takes place, whether that be in democratic nations or more like authoritarian countries. All of these factors play a very big role in your case because it is able to give the judges more clarity about what this debate is actually going to be about. And it's also going to help the judges see your argument in alignment with the opposing team. There's always going to be certain motions where a lot of your arguments are dependent on a few premises that frames your entire case in general. And this is a really good time to put three layers of contextualization. So this is something that I encourage all dialogy students to practice. Now I'm going to expand more on what clarification looks like within a debate. I also like to put clarifications at the beginning of the speech because this just helps me get rid of any misconceptions that might happen later on within the debate. So clarifications usually look like setting clear frameworks and boundaries of what this debate can be about and what this debate can't be about. This is very relevant toward making sure both opposition and proposition has a good idea of where they're standing within this debate. For example, in motions about feminism, a clarification might be about which wave of feminism that you're talking about. This is very helpful for your case because it makes sure opposition or the opposing team can't get away with any absurd arguments that is irrelevant to what this debate is actually about. So by setting clear clarifications, it gives you an advantage on a strategic level because now you have more control about what this debate is about and you're able to frame these clarifications toward your advantage. Overall, just a very quick wrap of of the first element. Contextualization is when you're able to help the judge understand what is happening within this debate and you make this debate more relevant toward the status quo. But also, clarifications help you frame the boundaries of this debate and tell both the opposing team and the judge what this debate is actually going to be about. Both of these things are extremely, extremely important, especially at the beginning of your speech, that I think all students should take into consideration of. Great. Now moving on to the second element. The second element is identifying the problem the motion is trying to solve. So this is something that 
your model as pop speaker is extremely dependent upon. If you don't identify the problem right, many times your models can your model can be quite irrelevant toward the debate. So making sure that you have a good understanding about what the problem you're trying to solve is is able to help your arguments become more clear and more relevant toward the debate. This is why problems identifying the problem is so important. But at the same time, I think that identifying the problem also helps you focus your arguments and also ensures that your arguments will actually be engaging and relevant to what the debate is about, right? It also gives a clear framework of where the realm of the debate should be. This makes it less likely for the opposing team to get away with anything that's extremely chaotic or arguments that aren't grounded into what this debate is actually about. So the purpose of identifying the problem is just giving a very clear statement to the judges about what this debate is supposed to solve. It also provides a burden in terms of what this debate should be judged on and who's able to fit this criteria. So overall, especially for proposition teams, it's very important to identify the problem at the beginning of your speech because you're able to tell the judges, look, this is the problem with feminism within our society. And now through the arguments we present to you, we're going to fix this problem. And it also gives you an advantage because your arguments are clearly going to be used to identify that problem, but also solve it as well. Great. Third, on thinking of stakeholders. Stakeholders are people that are most affected within emotion. So for example, if you were going to talk about emotion that revolves around, for example, feminist movements broadcasting their goals and objectives through social media and through making digital movements on social media, some of the stakeholders that are most affected by this is probably women, right? Women that are the main contributors of the feminist movement, social media users, etc. So these are some examples of what stakeholders mean. So stakeholders are generally just individuals that are going to be affected within this debate and individuals that should be significantly considered when judging who wins the debate overall. Stakeholders are extremely helpful. Usually, like, there's... There's usually more than one stakeholder in a debate, especially in more complex motions that surround more modern social issues, such as racism, gender equality, religion, all of those things. They usually incorporate more than one stakeholder, and because of this, you're actually able to come up with more arguments that's able to encapsulate all of these different stakeholders and also encapsulate a more nuanced and complex case overall that's able to wow and impress the judges. So in that aspect, I think that stakeholders are helpful for two reasons. First, they're able to give you more clarity in this debate in terms of what are the people who are most affected and what your arguments should be targeting toward. And second, it's also inevitably going to help you narrow down your case that it's more significant and more impactful within the debate. Because all of your arguments, if you know the stakeholders, are going to be surrounded by these few people, right? If you know that the motion is going to be about women, it's going to be about social media users, you should use that to your advantage and use those stakeholders to integrate it into your brainstorming of arguments. So hopefully you guys are able to understand the importance of thinking of stakeholders and integrating that throughout your entire bench, throughout your entire team, and throughout your entire case. Now, moving on to the fourth element. The fourth element that I think is extremely, and I would argue one of the most important parts of the debate, is your impacts within your case. So what are impacts, right? I'm going to give you guys a few questions that you guys can consider, which pretty much demonstrates what impacts mean. First, why does your argument matter? Second, as a judge, 
Why should I feel connected to this argument? Why do I care about it so much that I'm willing to give you the win, even if your opposing team wins on every other impact? And third, why should it be valued in the debate overall? Hopefully, these three arguments are able to shape the way you think about impacts. Because impacts just basically demonstrate why your arguments matter within this debate and why they should be valued. So, why is this important though? First, I think it helps you add more layers of analysis within one argument. Because one argument can have a lot of different impacts, right? You have different actors, you have different parties, you have just different people you're targeting within one argument that could be affected, right? So in that scenario, you're able to form multiple layers of analysis to tell you why your argument matters. But second, it also shows the judge why your arguments specifically are so important that no matter what the opposing team says, you should still be valued to some extent. If, for example, both sides, op and prop, have three arguments for a motion, and your opposing team has two arguments that pretty much beat your arguments, right? But if you're able to prove to this judge that your remaining one argument is so impactful, is so significant to the debate, that it cannot be overruled, the judge would still rule in your favor. They'd still say, look, proposition wins because your opposing team was not able to tackle the most important argument within this debate. Hence, this is why impacts are so important. You're literally able to sway what the judge thinks by telling them how important your argument is to the extent where no matter what happens, this should be the most valued argument and this should be something that you would win in in all case scenarios. So on a strategic level, I think it's always very necessary to discuss the impacts. But also within the nature of debate, I think that it's very important to just show why your argument matters. In a case of winning or losing, I think that both sides probably have a decent reason why they came up with the arguments that they did. But now it's a matter of expressing that importance, right? Expressing the fact that you chose to present this argument because you think it's valuable toward the debate. You think it's valuable toward how it affects other people outside of this room and onto real life circumstances. Hence, impacts are equally important to any other factors that I've discussed, if not even more. Now, we're ending with a bang with something that is commonly seen as insignificant, but really, really differentiates between a good case and an awesome case. I'm going to spill the beans for you guys. The fifth and final element within case building is actually providing examples. Yes, this is something that many people might hear and they might think this isn't really important and this doesn't really make up the majority of the case. Sure, it might not make up the majority of the case on face value, but does differentiate between who is excellent and who is spectacular. I think that the reason why examples are so important is because it keeps your arguments extremely realistic and applicable toward the status quo. Because within most motions, it's always going to be grounded in what the current status of society is and what are the changes we're going to make on proposition or opposition. Given this, if you don't provide examples, it's extremely hard for the judges to visualize why your argument would make sense in the real world, right? So when you incorporate these examples, it's able to create a more feasible environment where judges is able to envision what it would look like to live in a world where your prop arguments do exist or where your op arguments do exist. 
but at the same time, it also makes the judges buy your argument more. If judges hear an argument and they, and they think that it's extremely theoretical and abstract, they're less likely to buy it because they can't see themselves in a world in which this argument were to be true or were to take place. Examples are able to kind of give that clarity toward judges, but also create an environment within your team where you're able to tell the judge that, look, individuals and stakeholders that we talk about in this debate will actually feel the legitimate impacts. And here are some examples of what these stakeholders would feel or be affected by if our world does exist within the debate. So when I talk about examples, then what do these examples look like? Because I think that everyone knows we aren't a textbook, right? We don't know every single news article. We don't know every single event that happens within the status quo. It's pretty much impossible to come up with examples on the spot that targets any emotion that might come up with a debate. But here's the thing. Examples don't have to be grounded by statistical evidence. It doesn't have to be grounded by something that you saw on BBC or CNN. Many times these examples are good enough as long as you're able to create a realistic scenario that any person can put themselves into. So I think that everyone should always practice it within their debate, whether or not they are actually based off of real life current affairs or whether or not it's just a made up scenario that is still applicable in real life. Great, so now we covered all five elements in case building. So let's just do a little bit of a recap. What have I told you within this episode? The five top elements in case building is contextualization and clarification, where you're able to explain the boundaries and the framework of what this debate is going to be about. Secondly, identifying the problem and that the motion is trying to solve. This is able to help you create a more stable model to explain how your how proposition is going to enact their policies within policy motions it's also going to be really helpful in focusing your arguments third thinking about stakeholders this also makes your arguments more relevant and it's also able to show the impact of your arguments overall and why it's so significant fourth creating impacts in your case why does this argument matter why should a judge care about this why should it be valued in this debate so significantly? These are all ways to explain the significance of your team and why you should win at all costs. And lastly, making examples within the case. This makes your case way more realistic for the judge and it helps the judge visualize what your world is actually going to look like within this debate, making it more compelling. Now I've covered five top elements in case building. I really hope you guys found this helpful. Please contact me if you have any questions. I'm Cherry. Feel free to reach out in the Dialogy Center. And great. I hope you guys liked this episode and stay tuned for more. Bye.